In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth didn't have any shape, and it was empty. There was darkness over the surface of the waves. At that time, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light, and it was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning. It was day one. God said, Let there be a huge space between the waters. Let it separate water from water. And that's exactly what happened. God made a huge space between the waters. He separated water from the space above it. God called this huge space sky. There was evening. There was morning. It was day two. God said, Let the water onto the sky be gathered into one place. Let dry ground appear. That's exactly what happened. God called the dry ground land. He called all the water that was gathered together seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce plants. Let them produce their own seeds, and let there be trees on the land that grow fruit and the seeds in it. And that's exactly what happened. So the land produced plants, and the land produced trees that grew fruits and seeds in it. God saw that that was good. There was evening, and there was morning. It was day three. God said, let there be light in the huge space in the sky. Let them separate the day from the night. Let them be lights in the huge space of the sky to give light from the earth. And that's exactly what happened. God made two great lights. He made the larger light rule over the day and the smaller light rule over the night. He also made the stars. God put the lights in the huge space of the sky to give light on the earth. There was an evening and there was a morning. It was day four. God said, let the seas be filled with living things. Let birds fly above the earth across the huge space of the sky. So God created the great sea creatures. He created every kind of living thing that fills the seas and moves about in them. He created every kind of bird that flies, and God saw that it was good. God blessed them, and he said, Have the little ones so that there will be many of you. Fill the water and the seas. Let there be more and more birds on the earth. There was evening and there was morning. It was day five. God said, Let the land produce every kind of living creature. Let there be livestock and creatures that move along the ground and the wild animals. And that is exactly what happened. God made every kind of wild animal. He made every kind of livestock. He made every kind of creature that moves along the ground. God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make human beings so that they are like us. Let them rule over the fish in the seas and the birds of the sky. Let them rule over the livestock and all the wild animals. Let them rule over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created human beings in his own likeness. He created them to be like himself. 
He created them as male and female. God blessed them. He said, Have children so that there will be many of you. Fill the earth and bring it under your control. Rule over the fish in the seas and the birds in the sky. Rule over every living creature that moves along the ground. Then God said, I am giving you every plant on the face of the whole earth, and they produce their own seeds. All of them will be given to you for food. I am giving every green plant for all the land animals and for all the birds in the sky. I am giving them to every living thing that breathes. God saw everything he made, and it was very good. There was an evening, and there was a morning. It was day six. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on that day, he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. He blessed it, and because of that day, he rested from all the work he had done. Good evening. Thank you for uh, joining us for our Ash Wednesday service. Our prayer is that tonight will be a thoughtful, a meaningful start to the Lenten season for us all. We just opened there with a reading from Genesis 1 where all things uh, began. Now we will move into a service that will be interactive at times and it will take us from that very good beginning of creation to our brokenness, to our grief, and to our mortality. Hopefully everyone picked up one of these sheets of paper that was out in the lobby on your way in. If not, you can go and get that uh, now if you'd like. We're going to be getting to that fairly soon. Then near the end of the service uh, tonight, you will be invited to come forward and receive ashes uh, on your forehead. The season of Lent, uh, 40 days uh, long um, before Easter, minus the Sundays. Take out the, the Sundays, you get 40 days. That season begins tonight. It is a season of reflection. It is a season of repentance. Ashes are a biblical sign of our mortality, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. They're also a sign of our repentance. So for centuries, followers of Jesus have gathered on this day and this night to demonstrate our repentance and to acknowledge our mortality. And we do that by having ashes placed on our forehead in the sign of the cross. After you have received the ashes, if you, you don't have to come forward to do that. If you want to, you can. But after you've received them, you may sit in silent reflection and prayer, or uh, you are free to leave the sanctuary whenever you would like to leave. We do ask that as you leave uh, the sanctuary this evening, that you would do so in silence. And if you've got a study after this down the hall, just wait to get to the end of the hall to begin talking, if you would. There will not be a formal uh, benediction to end the service tonight after... Uh, everything is said and done. The words go in peace will simply appear on the screen. Um, but you are free to remain in here in prayer and silence as, as long as you would like. Let us hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 51. And then I'm going to offer a prayer. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, 
So you were right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God, my Savior. And my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you will not despise. Would you pray with me? God, on this Ash Wednesday, we come to you acknowledging our need of a Savior, acknowledging our mortality, acknowledging our need to repent. I pray, Lord, uh, as we worship, as we sit in silence, as we pray, as we reflect, and as we go forth, God, that we would uh, step into the season of Lent, attentive to your voice, attentive to your spirit, and aware of all that you have done for us. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We will continue our reading from Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 19. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, 
Cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listen to your wife and eat fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since you were taken, since it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. For this next part of our service, for a reflection, we'll be using the piece of paper that you picked up on your way in. In 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13, we read, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. There are many different types of suffering in our world. As we sit together tonight, we invite you to take notice of your own suffering and the suffering around you. We have all experienced some form of suffering. As we reflect on this past year, we can name many ways that we have experienced our own sadness and loss. As you sit in silence, use your paper to write down some of the ways that you personally have experienced suffering. Next, I invite you to reflect on the ways that people experience suffering in our community, both here at ECC and in the wider Lafayette community. What suffering does God bring to mind? As you sit in silence, write down some of the ways that people suffer in our community.
Finally, I invite you to reflect on the ways that people experience suffering in our world. What comes to mind when you think about how people have experienced suffering around the globe? As you sit in silence, write down some of the ways that people around the world experience suffering. It is heavy to sit in our own suffering and with others in their suffering. I invite you to pray with me. And as we pray, hold your papers out to God and let him sit with you as you feel the sadness and the pain of suffering. Merciful Lord, who is the strength of sufferers and the comfort of those who are heavy of heart, hear our prayers and hear the prayers of all who cry out to you in their troubles. Assist the distressed, uphold the fainting, relieve the suffering, console the sad, and make your face to shine upon them, O Lord. Amen. I invite you to keep this paper with you throughout Lent and use it to pray for the suffering that we experience in our own lives, in our community, and around the world.
may be seated. So every day, if we choose to pay attention, we are reminded of our mortality. And the older we get, the more our bodies remind us of this. Headlines of natural disasters and war in the Middle East, Ukraine, and other parts of the world are continual reminders of the frailty of life. Um, scripture also reminds us of this reality. The writer of Hebrews says it best. He says, it is appointed for people to die once, and after that, to face judgment. Death is unavoidable. Death cannot be cheated. Jesus knew his earthly mission was to die for us, but he also experienced the sadness of death when his cousin, John the Baptist, was killed. Scripture states that he also wept over the loss of his friend, Lazarus. The Apostle Paul states that God is aware of our living and dying. Paul writes, for none of us live for ourselves alone and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. One of my favorite verses of scripture comes from Psalm 116, verse 15, where the psalmist writes, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. So during Ash Wednesday and during the season of Lent, we pause. We pause to contemplate these truths. And we are invited to the observance of Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, by fasting, by self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word. So to make uh, a right beginning of repentance, and as a mark of our mortal nature, I, I invite you uh, to pray with me here in a moment. It will be followed by a time of silence. And then for those who are interested in receiving ashes as a, as a symbolic gesture, you're invited then to form two lines uh, right down the center aisle here of the, of the sanctuary, and you can come forward. Pastor Stacy and I will be available right here in front of the altar for the imposition of ashes. So would you pray with me? Almighty God, in, in the beginning, you created humankind from the dust of the earth. And God, while we know that each of us must walk through the valley of the shadow of death in, in many ways during our lives, and that ultimately it will be appointed for us to die, we're thankful that you are with us, God. We ask, Lord, that these ashes would be for us a sign of our mortality and our penitence. God, may we be mindful that all go to the same place. All come from dust, and to dust all return. God, may we remember that it is only by your love and your grace, through the gift of your Son, that we are given everlasting life. Amen. 